the boards in front of the 200. Dr. Grayson, Sedestin are challenging and better loosen up on the extreme outside. Sedestin and Benedict have come away. They're fighting it out. Better loosen up on the extreme outside is roaring clear and better loosen up wins the Sajano. Sedestin second. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Pride's Easy Feed. Racing New South Wales gave the Illawarra Turf Club something to hang its hat on in 2019 when they introduced a new $1 million race called the Gong to be run over the testing 1600 metres at Kembla Grange. The four editions of the race so far have produced strong fields, spirited wagering and big crowds. James McDonnell combined with the Wallace Stable to win the inaugural running with Mr Seawolf, narrowly defeating Quackerjack who won the Villiers three weeks later. 2020, it was the tough Arcademus ridden by Jay Ford for Team Hawks, beating Dawn Passage and Think It Over, whose star was about to rise. A few months later, he won the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes. 2021, it was a memorable hometown victory for the ill-fated Count de Rupee, trained by Robin Luke Price and ridden the perfect race by Brock Ryan. It was a popular win with a very parochial crowd. Last year, Waterhouse, Bott and Tim Clark prevailed in the gong with New Zealander Riadini, who was on an extended Sydney campaign. He's currently back in New Zealand with the Nigel Tyree Stable. The Illawarra Turf Club and the City of Wollongong are looking forward to another bumper day at their famous Kembla Grange track. Saturday, November the 25th, the fifth edition of The Gong. Jason Deemer rarely has more than a dozen horses in his Newcastle stable and he has no intention of exceeding that number. The 47-year-old likes to know everything there is to know about every horse that comes into the stable. He's had notable success with hand-me-downs from other stables, principally because he goes to great lengths to find the right races for them. Jason Deemer is a third-generation horseman. His late grandfather, Carl, was one of Newcastle's most prominent jockeys in the 50s and 60s. His father, John, rode his share of winners before making a successful transition into training. Jason was initially apprenticed to his dad, but spent the last three years with Jack and Alan Denham at Rose Hill. He was taller than many apprentices of his era, and it was obvious weight would catch up sooner rather than later. He got his first taste of the training game when he became assistant trainer to David Throsby, who was rarely without a nice horse. Jason acquired his own licence just on 20 years ago, and has gradually forged a reputation as one of the most astute trainers in the state. In 2019, he was approached by Dynamics Indications to take a tried horse called De Crew. He won four races with that gelding, including two at Canterbury and a Taree Cup, and so began a very successful association which is currently enjoying a great ride with the very promising Hard to Say, a brilliant winner at Randwick on Melbourne Cup Day. Jason Deemer joins us on the podcast. Jason, great to chat. Thanks for your time. Yeah, hi, John. Thank you for having me. Pleasure, mate. Well, you've really looked after this horse. He's a four-year-old. He's only raced 16 times. Six wins, two placings, and already 
473,000. He's raced by an all-female syndicate, so you're under pressure. Yeah, yeah he's been um, very good to us, always shown us a bit from the start. Um, he was actually the first yearling that Dynamic Syndications purchased for me, so mm. I've had him from from his uh, from when he was purchased at the Magic Millions, and um, so yeah, he's been a very good horse for us, and obviously the, the Lady Syndicate headed by uh, Mrs. Watt herself, so mm. yeah, we've had a lot of fun. He contested a benchmark 100 over 1100 metres on Melbourne Cup Day. He travelled beautifully behind three leaders. He chimed in on top of the rise. And, Jason, the best part of his race was the last 100 metres. Yeah, it sure was, John. Um, yeah, it was a lovely, lovely win that day. Uh, yeah, we just – the horse was obviously flying. He had just a little break after his three runs in Brisbane. And um, just for that week off down at Bimbling Park, he just did so well. And we did a little chick over trial here on the Beaumont track. And um, although he didn't go real – Fast time wise, he um, just the way he looked, he, he tried like a, a machine. Did and he? Aaron Bullock rode him and he said, Wow, this horse is going good. So, um, as always, you know, we always talk to Adam Watt every day and we just sort of come up with a plan. There was two races on the day, and obviously, one weight, one race he was going to get a lot of weight, and the quasi handicap he's going to get no weight. So, once the barriers came out, uh, Adam and I we just sort of said, Look, the horse is going that good. Good prize money on offer. Let's have a crack with no weight on his back and see what he can do. Yeah, oh, yeah, terrific wins. And so you were quietly confident. Oh, yeah, we we knew the horse was going good. Uh, yeah, so a little bit confident, especially with no weight on his back. We thought he'd, well, we were hoping he'd really flash home strong, you know, with with such a light weight because actually Morgan got down to the fifty three kilos as well. So and yeah. Ashley's had a very good association with the horse, so that was good as well. Mm. Well, that made it four straight. He'd won at Rose Hill, Doombin, Eagle Farm and then Randwick on Melbourne Cup Day. Those Queensland races obviously looked very suitable to you on paper. Yeah, they were, especially that first one at Doombin. It was a class three set weights and um, I think, off memory, the ratings, he was like eight or nine points better than any other horse, but... um, he only had like equal top weight of 59, whereas he should have had, you know, probably 62, 63. So, yeah, there's a, you know, on ratings, he was a, just a matter of put in, take out. Yeah. I had a close look at his record the other day, and I noticed he had one very long spell early in his career. Were there any problems at that stage? Uh, no, he just, obviously, if you go back through his form, he's been up and down that highway many times. He's, Probably had nearly as many starts in Queensland as he has in New South Wales. So mm. he's done a lot of travelling. Um, no, there was no reason, John. It was just um, he also did a fair bit of racing as a young two-year-old and, well, we tried to um, capitalise on that because he was still a colt back then. Mm. Um, and then we just decided, no, let's just give him a nice little break, give him a time to fill out a bit more. And, and um, yeah, he's obviously shown us good promise since then. Oh, has he? Yeah. We're recording this podcast on Friday, November the 17th, eight days before his next run in the Warra on Gong Day at Kembla. That's a $300,000 race over 1,000 metres on a lovely big roomy track. You wouldn't find a better one. No, that's right, John, yeah. So um, very similar conditions to his last start. Just a touch shorter, 
But um, yeah, so obviously he'll go up a little bit in weight, but yeah, I'm sure he'll appreciate that nice big long home straight there at Kemba Grange. So don't get down there very often. So uh, yeah, it'd be a good trip, little trip away for him. I'm sure Dynamic would love you to expand your stable there at Newcastle, but you're sticking to 12 no matter what. You tell me Dynamic have two horses with you most of the time. Um, yeah, they've asked me yeah, a few times. If they're always asking if I've got more room, but they understand. I only want to be a bit more of a hands-on trainer. Um, so, yeah, whenever one goes, another one arrives. Uh, yeah, but they always purchase me. Usually two yearlings every year, mainly from the Magic Millions. It's where they do a lot of their yearling buying. So, yeah, they just pick the ones that they think will suit, suit me best. And mm. um, here we go from there. Well, Sydney syndicators are on a roll at the moment. Proven thoroughbreds supplied first and third in the Everest. Derby Racing won the Coolmore Stud Stakes recently with Osmosis. So dozens and dozens of owners have enjoyed a fabulous ride. Yeah, it's, the syndication's obviously the way to go these days, isn't it? Yeah. Gets lots of people involved for not a huge cost, but they still get to enjoy the, the benefits of being virtually an individual owner. And um, as you say, yeah, they're, they're all very successful these days. They're all, they seem to be the syndicators have got most of the um, – lot of handy horses and they're winning lots of big races so you know dynamic syndications are up there with the best um yeah it's all just a matter of the, you know it's like john the best advertisement is winning races and that's mm. the, the name of the game while we're on dynamic it was a good call on your part to back awesome lad up for a class six winner doombin on the 11th of november because he had finished towards the tail of the field in the four pillars only seven days before. By golly, you read that one well, Jason. He's run near last one week. Seven days later, he wins at Doombin. Mind you, he had no luck in the four pillars. He never got on the track. Yeah, that's right, Johnny. Um, obviously, a very big field of 20 runners, and he drew barrier 12, so he's always going to need a lot of luck, uh, and he didn't get any luck at all. He's no thought of the rider. He's got caught three, four wide, and... Um, but he, you know, wasn't going to be anywhere near close in the finish. Mick D was very kind to him over the concluding stages. So he obviously comes through that running grade order. Actually, which I don't usually do, We, I give him a gallop Tuesday morning and he's just a big gross doing horse. So mm. uh, after discussions with Adam, we thought let's keep him in at Doombin and um, nice light weight on his back and we're very lucky to get Damien Thornton to ride him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one of them things that went right. So he enjoyed the little trip away, and um, you know the four pills is worth you know half a million dollars. It was sort of obviously up in class a little bit because it was class six in Doombin, but he had no weight on his back. He only had fifty three kilos, so I think that helped as well. Mm. Oh no, it was a good call, spot on. Now that stabling complex of yours at Newcastle has been in the family for a long, long time. In fact, your dad, John. Trained out of those very stables. Yeah, that's right, John. Yeah, he, she, him, and a good old mate of his, Peter Jenner. Oh, sorry, Ray Jenner. Mm. Um, they actually built the foundations themselves because in Dad's backyard or Mum and Mum and Dad's backyard. So Dad did a lot of the work himself, and um, then you get the builders in to 
to finish it off, and but then his brothers did a bit of work as well. So yeah, it's, they're very good, good old sales. Again, I'm a little bit now, but they're still in great order. And actually, yeah, so I'm in Dad's sales, and then I rent next door's stables too. An old lady that's been in racing for many, many years, um, Judy Maynard. So I got this. The wife yeah. of the late Merv Maynard, who was a top Newcastle jockey, wasn't he, for a long, long time? Yeah, sure was. So, um, yeah, it's very convenient. And Judy always pops her head up and checks things out. So, yeah, I'm very lucky because we've got a few yards and everything there for the horses to have a bit of a wander around during the day. So, it's a yeah. good little setup. Mm. Well, Dad did very well as a jockey and a trainer before going into the horse transport business some time ago. You tell me he's still got a track on the road, but he isn't driving himself at the moment because he's got ankle surgery coming up shortly. Yeah, that's right, John. Yeah, Dad was obviously jockey, then a trainer, and very successful. He was you know, just the same. Oh, I'm probably the same as him, actually. Um, yeah, he only ever had 12 at the, at the most in training, um, and then he had an accident, oh, I think it was about, 27 years ago, he fell off one and that sort of just finished him. He'd had just about had enough by then anyway. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he always had his own truck, but then he just decided to do a bit of karting and he's ex- expanded since then. And he's still got the two big trucks that he uses. Um, but, yeah, just like I said, at the moment, he's just had a bit of ankle surgery, so he's off on the sidelines at the moment. But um, he'll be back soon. Yeah. Mm, good news. I believe he and Mum still have a regular presence at the stables. Oh, yes, yeah. If Dad wasn't off, he'd be, he's still there every morning. And same with Mum. Mum's the backbone. She's, she, um, I'm sure she'd like to retire, but I'm not letting her. <laughs> You're a slave driver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be lost without her. She's there every day, morning and afternoon, trying to tell her to have a day off and she won't stay away. So, oh, good on her. But, um, yeah, she loves it. She's obviously been doing it for a long time, been married to Dad. So, yeah. Been around horses all life. I clearly remember your late grandfather, Carl Diemer, as a very in-demand jockey in the 1950s and 60s. He was in keen demand on those northern tracks, rode a stack of winners. Jason, you remind me that you lost Carl in 2006 at the grand age of 86. Yeah, that's right, John. Yeah, obviously I wasn't around when he was riding. Um but yeah, he's the same. He was a jockey, then a trainer, and yeah, from what I've seen in his old scrapbooks and stories I've heard off Dad, yeah, he's very successful um, back in his day. Um, but then, like all good jockeys, he got a bit heavy towards the end. But yeah, he rode. Like I said he rode plenty of winners, and yeah, then he went to training. I remember when Dad was training. Um, his mum and Dad were at the races. Pop would come round and and do the horses of an afternoon. So. Yeah, it's probably very similar to me, yeah. We're all, mm. all family and all help each other out. Mm. You rode ponies regularly as a kid, but early on you tell me you had no real desire to be a jockey. No, that's right, yeah. I always did pony club from a very young age. Mainly just followed my sister. She was probably the better rider, mm. um, and I just used to get carted along, so then I just just started riding because I was, I was going there anyway, so... Yeah, then I sort of drifted away from it, I reckon, probably at age 12 or 13. And, yeah, I had no intentions at all of being a jockey then. I don't know. Then all of a sudden I just changed and mm. wanted to do it and, yeah, started riding track work and went on from there. Mm. 
you weighed only 42 kilos when you had your first ride in a race in late 1990. Took you about a month to win your first race, and that was on a horse called Classic Benny at Newcastle, trained by your father and part-owned by he and mum, adding to the thrill. Yeah, yeah, it was a very exciting day. Um, back then it seemed like it took forever to get that first winner, but because um, I remember I had my first ride at Musselbrook, that would have been in December, and then, yeah, it was Australia Day at Newcastle. Um, yeah, classic Benny, it was only a five-horse field, I think, and, mm. yeah, got up the inside and got the got the cash, and, yeah, everyone was very happy because obviously mum and dad obviously trained the horse and shared in the ownership and some... Long-term friends, um, Jeff and Janelle Shakespeare, I know they were in him. And up until recently, they've had horses with me as well. So mm. yeah, it's very good fr- friendship there. You couldn't have scripted it better. No. So I remember, I think mum must have the photo, but I, I remember Neil Campton was in the race, Johnny mm. Davidson, Robert Thompson. Yeah. There was probably another one because there's only about four or five in it. But, yeah, mm. so yeah, it was very, very exciting. You outrode your country claim fairly quickly and then you accepted an invitation from the late Tiger Holland to spend a few weeks with he and his dear wife Betty Lane at Randwick. Betty slipped away peacefully at age 97 only three weeks ago. You accepted that kind offer and you loved every minute of it. Yeah, I just at that crossroads sort of thing. Um, Whatever try it in Sydney and said I was doing a lot of riding for Tiger um, and he invited me down and yeah it was, it was a good uh, experience just a first little trip away from home living by myself I was only 16 so they're moving all the way to, to Randwick there but um, it's very much a, a good eye-opener and a great experience and yeah they looked after me very well Tiger and Betty mm. and uh, as you said sadly she passed away only recently she was a, a lovely lady and Probably, I'm pretty sure she was the first lady to train at Randwick. She certainly Is was. Is that right? My yeah. word, in the 1970s, yep. Yeah. A long time before Gay Waterhouse. Yes, yeah. Now, Jason, is it true that at that time you were getting inquiries from other fairly high-profile stables? You had the pick of three or four. Had you been keen enough? Yeah, um, Obviously, I was going well in, up here in Newcastle on the country tracks and provincial area. And, yeah, I just had a few options, you know. Um, obviously, with, one was with Gay Waterhouse. That was back when she first started training. Mm. Um, and then I could have went to Melbourne to Lee Friedman if I wanted to, but um, then I had the, the Jack and Alan Denham. So yeah, that's obviously where I decided to go, and I'm glad I did. I um, had a lot of friends there, and Jack was a very good I was actually apprenticed to Alan, but Jack was the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, got a lot of good memories from there. Jack and Alan, they were very good to me. It must have been an intimidating experience for a shy boy from Newcastle. Yeah, it was, you know. Um, obviously, I remember Mum taking me down there and then they just said, oh, that's your room up there. Yeah, that was it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the big smoke and there we early starts down there it was. Back in them days, we used to start work at 2.30. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when we weren't riding in races, Jack would have us working around the stables, but, um, yeah, just mowing lawns and keeping the, the place nice and tidy. Mm. But I look back now, it was 
probably, I suppose, it's the making of me, you know, because now I'm training on my own. You got to work pretty hard, and it's early starts. So he yeah. sort of he toughened me up for what on for what I ended up doing mm. these days, you know. So didn't hurt me. Back then, I thought it was pretty hard and, and wrong, yeah. but um, he's a very good man to me. Yeah. You tell me, Jack was a lot tougher on you as a jockey than he was when you later joined the ground staff. Yeah. So um, once I got too heavy. Um, but yeah, sorry. As an apprentice, yeah, he, you know, he'd love to try and sort of put on a bit of a show. He'd never, oh, I can remember, and he'd blow up at the races if he didn't ride one well. He'd love to sort of try and show you up at track work the next morning when he had people around to have a laugh at you. So, <laughs> yeah. but um, it was all good fun, you know. He, and then when uh, I stopped riding, he was, uh, like I said before, treated me very well. Um, I, Alan was going away somewhere with some horses to Brisbane, I think, and. Obviously, Alan was his right-hand man, did everything for him. So we needed a hand at the, the races settling up. So Alan mm. said, while I'm away, you go, Dad, to the races. So, mm. um, yeah, that was another good side of things and a good experience, you know, settling up, you know. Some days yeah. we'd have three or four runners in a race. So, oh, yes, yeah. And a lot of good horses and he had all the good jockeys riding for him. So it was a lot of fun. And then um, I think I was 19, he actually – Sent me all that Adelaide by myself with a horse as well. So, mm. yeah. I'll get to that horse in a moment. I know the one you're talking about. You think you rode about 20 winners for the Denham Stable. One of them was a really nice masque filly called Fitting, owned by Jeff and Beryl White. You won a two year old race on Fitting at Rose Hill. Yeah, that was very good. She was a very good filly back in her day. Um, I'm pretty sure she ended up running in the slipper. Kevin Moses rode her, but um, mm. yeah, she won very well, obviously, with me on board. And uh, like you said, that she was owned by the Jeff and Beryl White. Sadly, they've passed away now, but um, they were huge owners back in their day for Jack. And uh, it was a very privileged to ride a winner for them. And um, actually, train a, a horse now for their daughter, Judy, and her husband, Brent. So Good on you. Um, yeah. What horse is that, a, Jason? Uh, it's just a, a three-year-old. His name's Pennart. Yep. Um, he hasn't won a race yet, but he's been very consistent, run a few placings from just a handful of starts. So, um, yeah, even though back, what's that, 30-odd years ago, I've still had a connection back from being in the with Jack and Alan. Yes. That's great. I see Judy and Brent from time to time. I'll talk to them next time about that horse you've got in question. It's a gelding, is it? Yes. And his name again? Kennart, P-E-N-N-A-R-T, seven oh. letters, of course. Yep. Oh, yeah, seven letters. <laughs> That's right. Well, Jeff and Beryl insisted on that right through yeah. their long experience and Judy has carried on in the same tradition. And why wouldn't yes. it? It's been very successful. I think the best horse you rode in a race for the Denham Stable was Jet Ball, another one of the Whites, who won seven races all up, including a Group 1 Galaxy with Gavin Eads on board. You finished third on him one day in a two-year-old race at Randwick, and by golly, you were chasing a couple of smart horses, gold bros and just awesome. You did well to finish within a length and a half of them. Yeah. Yeah, he was a beautiful animal. I remember another uh, one owned by Jeff and Beryl White um, from the great mare, Orwina. She was a, everything we used to get from her was a very good horse. 
back when I was at, back in them days, and um, yeah, and ended up winning the Galaxy, and pretty sure he ran in the slipper too in his early days, and I remember we, we worked on him hard every night before he raced in that slipper. Jack used to keep us all back, but um, yeah, he was a wonderful horse. Falonte was just kicking off when you were there. He went on to win seven races. He ran 12 placings, an outstanding Group 1 performer. Did you have anything to do with Falonte at that time? Yeah, I did, only in his early days. Uh, he was only two-year-old when, um, when I was there, and then I, I moved back home to Newcastle. But after left, yeah, he went on to be a very, very good horse, you know, almost a champion. But... Um, yeah, it was a great era. I think it was him and Saintly and um, nothing, nothing like, like a day and all together yeah. in the same crop yeah. and octagonal. Yes, yeah, it was a great group of horses at that age. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah, obviously Jack had a lot of good horses, and I was lucky enough to look after a few of the good ones. Or look after him before he ended up being very good. Yes, mm. you won a two-year-old race at Hawkesbury on a handy horse called Sword who trained on to win a total of 12 races. Now, in the time when you were a member of the ground staff at the Denham Stable, Jack got you to take Sword to Adelaide for a couple of races, one of which was a Group 1. But you looked after him and you rode him in all of his track work over there. Yeah. Um, I was only 19 at the time. I obviously finished riding in races and there was only the one horse to go. And you know, I remember the trip very well. Flew over on a plane with the horse, which is a bit of a, an eye-opener. It was a very good experience. Actually, the horse that was next to him in the crate was June, who just finished racing and he the Melbourne Cup winner for the Hayes family. Mm. So, um, yeah, we went over there. And I didn't know at the time, but when it came time to race him, I said, I said to the boss, I said, is Alan coming over or are you coming over? He said, no, we're not coming. You, you can do it yourself. Oh, good. Great <laughs> yeah. thrill. Yeah, so not that I expected, but yeah, so only 19, and they give me that great experience of looking after the horse. And obviously, we spoke day and night, always talking about how he was eating. And Jack, he was that good, you know, he could just train him. He knew if I said he was eating so much, he knew, he, you know, just a little thing like instead of hand walking him, he said, if he's eating that well, how about you jump on him in an afternoon and make him carry you around over an afternoon, just so he does that little bit extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, good times, and obviously. Our group one, Gav, Gavin Eads, he rode in both starts. Um, yeah, he was the pin-up jockey at the time. And Sword carried the Shelley Hancock's colours and good colours too, pink and white quarters. Yeah, the very famous colours. They've been around for many, many years. And, um, yeah, she's still got horses going around now. She's probably, you... I'm not sure, but maybe one of the original syndicators, was she? Oh, yes, long time ago. Not the original. I think no. Harry Lawton uh, can be accurately described as the pioneer, but Shelley wasn't too many years behind. Yeah, yeah, she had a lot of horses and still does. Yeah, very successful. You were quietly chuffed a few months ago when Alan Denham asked you to train a four-year-old gelding he owns with friends by the name of Power of Hope. Now, uh, where is he at? He's had one run or two? He's had two runs, um, and actually the the mayor of Power of Hope, first class ticket, was, I'm pretty sure Alan said it was his mum's last horse. So, um, 
there's a lot of sentimental value there, and I feel mm. very privileged to be training him for Alan because obviously Alan knows lots of trainers and lots of people. So I was a little bit shocked when he rang me and asked me to train it. Were you really? But, uh, yeah, you know, because obviously like I said he, he knows lots of people, and he lives at the Gold Coast now and wants it trained all the way down here at Newcastle. Mm. But um, he, he's a four-year-old. He's out in the paddock at the moment. He'll be back shortly. Um, but he's shown a little bit of promise. His last art sent him up to Coss Harbour and Alan drove down to watch him. And although he let up, he's got beat the last 50 metres. But, yeah, he's just a big lean horse and just needs a bit more time to fill out and get a bit stronger. Mm. Yes. Right. So there are one or two wins in, in store by the sound of it. Yeah, I'd say so for sure, John, yeah, and hopefully because um, nothing better than training the winner for Alan. Oh, and that'd be a great thrill for you. A lot of history there, mate. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Now, Jason, you finally headed home to Newcastle and you got a good job as track rider and travelling foreman for the late, great Max Lees. I know you enjoyed every minute of your time with Max. Yeah, it was, um, when I moved back home, was, I was riding work for everyone, but mainly for, mainly for Max. And yeah, it was a very good experience. I did a bit of travelling for him. We took... Um, Ruffles and another good mare he had at the time, Chlorophyll, took them to Melbourne a couple of times and had a lot of success. Uh, Ruffles from the new market with the great Shane Dye on board. Mm. He, um, I remember that very well. Chris, Chris Lees came down. Max didn't come down for the day and um, she had no weight on her back and Shane Dye just said, catch me if you can, and he just let her rip and they, mm. they couldn't catch him. Well, I know a little story about that, a little backstory. Ruffles was owned by the late, great Colin Tidy, who yes. thought so little of her chances in that new market that Colin took his wife Helen to the pictures in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a true story. Yeah. Yeah, she was about 15 or 16 to 1, I think, at, on for that day. Mm. And... Um, yeah, cause the two runs previous weren't that crash hot, but she had a very light weight. And mm. I said, yeah, Shane, just let her rip. She was a very fast horse on the day and he um, just used her speed to perfection and they couldn't catch her. Yeah, I remember her well. Was she a zedative? Uh, yes. Yeah, by yeah. zedative. Yeah. Chestnut uh, mare, wasn't she? Yes, she was, I think. Mm. Mr. Tidy bred her himself, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, during your time with Max Lees, you decided on a quick little comeback for some reason. What brought that on? Yeah, because oh, I still had my jockey's licence, not that I was riding in races, but Max used to put me on a few in the trials and he had an old horse there called Nermi mm. and um, he tried good and I just thought, um, said to Max, just sort of asked him, you know, oh, this should get my weight when he, when he comes back. I said, I might be light enough to um, ride him and anyway, yeah, he got a little bit less lighter weight than I expected but um, yeah, I ended up riding him and then while I had my weight down, um, yeah, just rode for a couple of months and had a bit of fun. Yeah, you rode a handful yeah. of winners, didn't you, in that time? Yeah, yeah, four mm. or five, John, but yeah, it's just a good bit of fun and but yeah, weight was obviously pretty tough so yeah, I gave it back away again, yes. Mm. But, yeah, it was good fun while it lasted. Jason, just stand by for a moment. We're going to clear a commitment on the podcast and we'll come back with you after this. 
and we're going to talk about a very important new chapter in your racing life. Many Australian trainers have tried their horses on Pride's Racing Cube and have given the product a tick of approval. These small but powerful extruded cubes provide the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses finish their races off while promoting gut health. Racing Cube set recipe formulation means the same premium quality proteins and essential amino acids are used in every batch produced. Racing Cube's profile and digestibility allows you to feed approximately two to three kilos less per day than similar raw grain rations. It's salt-free to help reduce irritation if you've got a horse prone to stomach ulcers. Pride's Racing Cube is available in the popular 25 kilo bag, in bulk bags, or straight into the silo if you prefer, giving you quality equine nutrition at an economical price. Talk to your local rep about Racing Cube, another winner from the Pride's Easy Feed Stable. Trainers of thoroughbreds, standard breads, and performance horses are giving it the thumbs up all around the nation. Special guest is Jason Deemer. Well, there was a very important development in your life at this stage. Owner-trainer David Throsby was working his horses on the Cessnock racecourse and he was struggling for work riders. So how did you come into the equation? You obviously offered to ride some work for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I made a mind Brad Earn was looking after his horses and they just said they were struggling to get them work. So I used to drive to, to Cessnock to give him a hand after finishing riding at Newcastle and yeah, things just went from there and, and um, I'm not sure what happened up at the farm but he was struggling to get him worked and everything so and dad's stables were empty at the time so I said if you like you know I could probably take three or four down here for you and look after them for you save you carting around everywhere mm. and um, yeah just that's where it started and it just grew from there. It was lovely jubbly one of those horses. Not originally, no. He actually had a lot of horses here that we needed to sort it out very quickly and um, so that's what he wanted to know, whether they were worth keeping or not. And we shipped, moved most of them on. And then uh, he bought a, a grey yearling from the Magic Means and which ended up being lovely jubbly mm. by Lion Hunter. And, yeah, she was um, a bit of a natural from the very first day she arrived. She... Um, Almost bolted on me the first day, Dear me. And, uh, yeah. but she was just very, very athletic and just wanted to be a racehorse. Yeah. Mm. Well, you got to take her to the Gold Coast and look after her when she won the Magic Millions two-year-old classic on a stinking hot day, as I recall. Oh, that was a terrible, very hot day, John. It was forty-two degrees, I remember, mm. and um, yeah, but luckily she handled it with ease. She. Um, didn't sweat up at all, you know, it was very hot and humid. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was a very exciting day. Scotty Seema, he rode her that day and um, she came from a little bit back in the field, did a little bit wrong, but burst out of the pack and, and got up on one by length. Mm. She went for a spell after that. She came back brilliantly and you took her to Brisbane again where she won three from four, including a couple of group ones, the Sires Produce and the TJ Smith. Now, later on, Jason, she went down the coast to Kevin Robinson at Berry for a short time. What was the reason for that? Did she have problems? Um, no, it was just a little bit of uh, 
the only problem was the stewards got involved. They, um, you know, we had a here at Newcastle and David was living at Maitland and just the rumour mill got back to the stewards. At, mm. um, I was training the, the filly or training the horses and David wasn't and he just got a bit upset, got to him, so he just moved the horses and moved her down to Bury to Kevin Robinson mm. and uh, probably a bit of a change of scenery for her too. Got her down there and trained on the beach. And, um, but yeah, I don't think that really suited her. And um, one day David gave me a call and went for a drive down there and had a look at her. Mm. And on the way back he said, I think I'm going to bring her home and would you like to train her? So, oh, what a thrill. And do you know, you yeah. went oh so close to winning the Group 1 Coolmore Classic with lovely Jubbly. She ran second to Bollinger and she figured in the stewards' report a couple of times in that race too. She didn't have a lot of luck. No, she didn't, no. So, um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't, didn't get that one. But uh, prior to that, you know, she won all them big races in Brisbane and she wanted to be after... Long after that, she went down to Melbourne to Brian Mason Smith, won a few more races before retiring. And mm-hmm. obviously, um, giving birth to the the now champion retired um, sprinter Chautauqua. Absolutely, dam of Chautauqua. But that shouldn't deflect from her own ability. She was a lovely race filly, lovely jubbly winner of a Magic Millions, and went very close in a Coolmore. Let's look at some of the nice horses who've helped you along the way, Jason, since you kicked off under your own banner. Bonhamese was purchased by a syndicate from Coffs Harbour as an unraced horse. You finished up winning eight races and recording eight placings for almost $600,000. What a ripper. Yeah, sure was, John. I remember Gary Shepherd was in charge of the horse and he saw they were looking around and found this one online and, yeah, he was up at Coffs Harbour. I'm pretty sure they ain't got it paid for and a half thousand for him. And um, when he first arrived, yeah, like, I thought, oh, God, what have they got here? Mm. So we gave him a little bit of a prep. He went chinsaw and then he, when he came back, he was just a completely different horse. He just kept improving and improving. And um, even his very first barrier trial, Shane, young jockey here, Shane Arnold rode him. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we thought he'd go all right, but yeah, he just pinged the lids and nothing got near him. And um, pretty sure he won his first four, was it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, when he first started at Cessnock. Mm. And then we took him to Musbrook. Chad Leeser rode him then the first two starts. Then we gave him a spell and then he won very impressively here at Newcastle, Rory Hutchings, he no instructions. He just rode him how he how the horse felt and rode him quiet, and then mm. he, he just um, really let Brit with a great turn of foot in the home straight. Yeah, and onto Roseville, and yeah, we had a lot of fun with him for a oh, very small small outlay. Didn't he love Rose Hill? He won five there. Yeah, yes, he had a real affinity there with Rose Hill. Just seemed to not that he raced at Rearing very often, but um. Mm. Just seemed like that big sort of flat sort of track like at Rose Hill and yeah, but he was, you know, a very handy horse and a lot of the people in that in him was that was their first experience of um owning a racehorse and they've still got shares in horses now, I think. Mm. You've always spoken very highly of Gorgonite, 
with whom you won six races, including a couple at stakes level. He won a Civic Stakes and a Royal Palmer at Rose Hill. Yeah, he was a, a good old horse. Um, for a, an old friend of the family who sadly passed away, Bill Grace, mm. and the group of friends that he put together. But, um, yeah, Bill bought him from the Magic Millions, just one of them little stars they have up there. And he was a very pretty horse and, and by Falonte. So, um, he was very handy when that Rose Hill. I'm pretty sure it was on the last the last race on Slipper Day, Denny mm. Nikolic. Yeah, it was a big win and a great day to obviously to be winning a race, the Royal Palmer Stakes. And yes. All the owners and myself got to go upstairs to the committee room. So, um, yeah, it was a great day. And then he backed it up with the Civic Stakes at Rose Hill again. And no, a mate of mine, Shane Trawick, very good jockey. Mm. Back in East Day, um, yeah, he was on board that day and, and rode him to perfection. You don't mind travelling to find the right race, Jason. I can recall presenting a trophy to you about four years ago when a little mare called Lady Evelyn won the Tuncurry Foster Cup with Andrew Gibbons on board. Yeah, you know, you got to – there's probably – there's lots of travelling involved, Um you know, it seems like a long way, but the roads are getting better. So, even though you're doing the, the travelling, it's it's not hard on the horses these days. They're highways all the way. And, um, yeah, but that race at Tunkari was very good for Lady Evelyn. Went there the previous year and we just got beat right on the line. So, it was good to go back the following year and, and win that cup. So, um, it was very satisfying for her and the owners, mm. Graham Smith and, and all his crew. Yes. You've formed a very strong association with Ashley Morgan, who's been riding hard to say of late. Great story, Ashley. Born in Wales, started his career in England, gave it away completely at one stage, and then all of a sudden he got the travel bug. He arrived in Scone unheralded a few years ago, and with a mix of talent and hard work, he was the leading rider in the state in 2021-22. He's a very professional bloke. Yeah, and a very nice person too, John Ashley. Um, as you can tell, he's a hard worker. Not that he's home very often because he's always – he rides everywhere, even up over the border in Queensland. And, yeah, just very hard work and loves riding and gives a, gives a horse every chance. And whenever he's home, he comes in and rides work and gives us a hand. And, um, mm. yeah, a very nice man. And, yeah, he's got a very uh, nice style about him too on a horse. Yeah, oh, he looks neat as anything on them. Yeah, sure does. You had yes. a great trot with Samantha Clinton a few years ago. She had a few spectacular seasons before a shocking run of injury ended her career. In the time she was around, though, Samantha proved herself one of the best female jockeys we've ever seen in this state. Yes, John, yeah, she was um, a very good jockey, very good horse person she just loves the animal um and got on well with every horse you know she just seemed to she was horse mad <laughs> you could say yes all she'd talk about was horses 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 and she knew them back to front even mm. if she if she wasn't riding them um she still knew the horse and yeah we had a lot of success together she used to ride work for me every day um, she was an apprentice to Chris Lees, but she used to get up early and come in every morning and do a couple for me before she'd go around and start writing work for Chris. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of success together, you know, 
probably the main was was a horse called Never Got a Vote. Mm. Um, she always seemed to rate him very well out in front, and he he just seemed to keep keep running for her. So mm. yeah, unfortunately, um, like you said, she had a bad run there, a lot of bad injuries, and um, luckily she can still get around and but can't ride in races. But um, yeah, she was very good in the day. You mentioned Shane Treweek earlier. Christian Reith is another one you had a great association with. And Alan Robinson, the long-retired Alan Robinson, wrote a heap of winners for the Dima stable. Yeah, I've had a lot of luck with a lot of jockeys. But, um, yeah, we sort of seem to have our runs where we we click with one another or a certain jockey. And um, we've had a lot of success with, you know, Christian goes – He's been involved with dynamic syndications. He's done a lot of riding for them over for many years. Even when he was based in Sydney, if we needed him to, he'd drive up to places like Taree and Scone to ride one or two for us. And it wasn't very often he'd get beat on them. So, you know, and change a week. Never good. Unfortunately, he got too heavy, mm-hmm. but had a lot of success with him. Probably back when I was training for David Frosby, mm-hmm. along with Alan Robinson. I still see Robbo now, even though he's retired. He, from riding, he doesn't stop working. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever met. Mm. Um, he's in the building game these days. and Yeah, he still pops in and says hello every now and then. Jason, you've got two girls and one boy from your first marriage, Jordan and Montana, who are 27 and 25 respectively. Your son Jensen is 21, and you tell me he likes a little flutter on the horses. Yeah, yeah. Um, none of them are involved actually directly with racing, but the girls love a day out. They both live in Brisbane, so whenever I have a runner up there, they um, try and juggle things around and, and try and go there for the day out and take take a group of friends and um, enjoy the day. And yeah, Jensen. Yeah, I don't know where he gets his punning from because no one, Dad or I, don't really bet and. Um, yeah, sometimes I think he bets a bit too much, but <laughs> you hear about, hear about the good days he has anyway. <laughs> well, you and partner Tanya have an eight-year-old son called Jackson. Is he showing any attachment at all to the thoroughbreds? Um, not really, John. We've kept him away at this stage. Um, but he's he's not very big and he's very fine because my wife Tanya, she's not very big either, so... You never know, but I, I doubt it. I'd probably prefer him to maybe have another life away from racing. It can be very tough. It's mm. not just your, your job, it's your life and demands a lot of your time. So, but no, he's he's um, obviously still very young, so he's got a long way to go before he works out what he wants to do. But um, yeah, he watches him on the races, on the TV and everything. But yeah, he's, we just sort of keep him away at this stage. He'll work out what he wants to do for himself. Mm. One of my all-time favourite quotes came from a, a legend of the motor trade many years ago, the late Les Muir, who always said reputations don't just happen, they've got to be earned. And you've earned yours uh, with distinction, Jason Deemer. You're looked upon as a very astute, a very professional and a very hard-working horse trainer. Keep up the good work, mate. Congratulations on all you've done. And keep those winners coming. No worries, John. Thank you for having me on your show and thank you for them lovely, kind words. Jason Deemer, my special guest on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. 
Racing New South Wales gave the Illawarra Turf Club something to hang its hat on in 2019 when they introduced a new $1 million race called the Gong to be run over the testing 1600 metres at Kembla Grange. The four editions of the race so far have produced strong fields, spirited wagering and big crowds. James McDonald combined with the Wallace Stable to win the inaugural running with Mr Seawolf, narrowly defeating Quackerjack who won the Villiers three weeks later. 2020, it was the tough Arcademus ridden by Jay Ford for Team Hawks, beating Dawn Passage and Think It Over, whose star was about to rise. A few months later, he won the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes. 2021, it was a memorable hometown victory for the ill-fated Count de Rupee, trained by Robin Luke Price and ridden the perfect race by Brock Ryan. It was a popular win with a very parochial crowd. Last year, Waterhouse, Bott and Tim Clark prevailed in the gong with New Zealander Riadini, who was on an extended Sydney campaign. He's currently back in New Zealand with the Nigel Tiley Stable. The Illawarra Turf Club and the City of Wollongong are looking forward to another bumper day at their famous Kembla Grange track. Saturday, November the 25th, the fifth edition of the Gong.